Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and if you are tuning in right now, you are back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. How you doing today, kids? Hopefully everybody's doing well out there. It is a balmy 82 degrees here in Cleveland, Ohio, on the shores of Lake Erie on this beautiful day. Um, I, I, I'm going to say right now, if you're in the southwestern parts of our country or in the south, God help you. I know it's hot as hell down there right now. Please stay hydrated. Please stay cool. Uh, if you if you must explore, you know, bring ten Gatorades with you. All right, keep it keep it hydrated. I know what happens when we get dehydrated. It is not a pretty sight. So stay cool, stay strong. From what I hear, it's about to break a little bit. So uh, my folks in St. Louis, my folks in New Orleans, uh, California, please stay cool. Stay chill, as, as as they say. All right, we don't want anybody dying of heat stroke this summer. Um, I hope you guys are having a great week. Anyway, uh, I, I, I lots of exciting things going on right now here at Mr. PHQ. I just pulled the trigger on a brand new computer, which I'm very excited about. I have not had a new computer in over 12 years. The thing that I'm using right now, uh, bless her little soul, is getting old and crotchety and not doing what she needs to do to get results. And uh, as much as I'd, I'd like to be able to just take her in and add some things to it, she's she's old. All right, I call her she because she's we we her and I have been through a lot, right? Um, she just can't edit, <laughs> and uh, you know when it takes you hours to edit one set because just it, it, the Lightroom, as you guys know, if you do Lightroom, uh, it's a memory hog, and this computer just cannot handle it anymore. So I'm very excited to get a new computer that will be able to you know souped up. I'm having it built, custom made. Uh, it'll be able to handle all that stuff. So editing will be a lot more uh, fun for me. Uh, but anyway, and, and not only that, I'll be able to do the, the interviews that I've been wanting to do on this podcast. Uh, at the very beginning, I talked about doing interviews and getting some stuff done like that, and I would love to have some people on the show every every couple of episodes to spice things up a little bit. Like I love telling you guys stories, but sometimes talking to myself gets old. It's nice to have some bounce bounce around with somebody else. So, you know, that'll that'll make that happen, and I'm looking forward to that. So. Come Wednesday, we'll have a brand new computer. So that's very exciting. Uh, I just spent the day yesterday in Flint, Michigan with some great guys. We were out exploring, uh, checking up on some old sites and hitting some new sites up there, uh, doing some exploring, some uh, photography up there. Um, Might be going back up that way this weekend, not too sure yet. The one thing that I am very excited about that I will tell you guys about, I am heading to NYC at the beginning of August. Uh, New York City, uh, I'm heading that way. I'll be taking I-80 all the way to the coast because uh, I'm hooking up with uh, someone who does something a little bit different with urban exploration. Uh, they're not a photographer. They're actually a painter. And this person that I'm, I'm going to be linking up with actually takes her easel out and paints abandoned sites, abandoned uh, you know visages, I guess you could call it. Uh, she, she does lots of underpasses and bridges and, and, and buildings and the insides of you know, rusty machinery, that kind of thing. Uh, and she wants to take me around to some different places in the Bronx and Queens and, and different places. I'm excited. Um, I've never had an in-depth uh, look at New York City with a guide that knows what they're doing. So that is very exciting. Um, as long as my car you know, holds up, we'll be, we'll be good to go. But uh, yeah, lots of cool things to look forward to. I, I can slowly, slowly feel summer, you know, c- closing up here. Uh, school will be starting again at the end of August. So got to get all the good stuff in now. Not that I'm not looking forward to fall. Uh, I'm sure some of you guys are looking forward to it too. Not just for the heat, but just fall is a great time to explore. You hook up with your buddies. Uh, it's, it's nice and cool. You, you wear your hoodie. You have a good time, right? That's coming. But uh, anyway, uh, wherever you're at, I hope everybody's having a great week. Um, I, I say this every week, but I'll say it again. I'm seeing some amazing stuff out there, all the different explorers you guys are doing and, and sharing on Facebook. Please keep that coming. There's some amazing stuff out there. Uh, do yourself a favor and, 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 and look around at, at different people's art. You know, I, it's tough when you're on Instagram or whatever you're on. You're just kind of flipping through. You know, take some time to actually look at the photos that, are, that you're flipping through. There's some, there's some crazy, crazy details that we sometimes miss when we're flipping through our feed. You know, take some time. And of course, course, you know, it only takes a second to say, hey, great shot, you know, encourage your fellow artists out there as much as you can, you know, like their stuff, encourage them, uh, be, be part of the solution, right, be, be part of the, the empowering uh, factor in their work, all right, um, anyway, today's episode, I thought I'd do something a little bit different, there, there will be a story at the end, uh, I have a nice little Detroit story, I'll tell you guys, but uh, somebody had written me and mentioned this as an idea, and I was like, damn, that sounds like a good idea. 
they messaged me and said, why don't you do an episode, Mr. P, on uh, what you should do or not do as a new explorer? You know, the do's and don'ts of urban exploring. All right. Now, of course, everybody has their own takes on all of this, and, and as do I. Um, but I, I sat down and I brainstormed and I thought about the things that you should do or you shouldn't do as, as, a, as a newbie out in the field doing this for the first time or getting ready to do this. Um, and I thought, what the hell? We'll do it. We'll do a list on both sides. And of course, there'll be some little stories, you know, in between as we go, um, you know, attached to whatever we're talking about. I'll have some things to say, but. Um, so why, why, why not, you know? And, and of course, a lot of you guys, you know, you've, you've, you've gone through this. You're out there. You've been exploring. Most of you have done this for years. You know the ins and outs. Uh, you'll be able to relate to some of this stuff. But again, I'll try, I'll try to, to freshen it up and add some amusing stories in there for you guys. And if you're new and you're listening to this show for the first time or you're just getting into urban exploration, um, definitely some things to think about for sure. Uh, if you want to not get A, injured, or B, arrested. There are some things to look at, some things to, to think about as you go out and do this. So I, I, we'll start with the do's. I think I have a whole list of do's to talk about uh, in no specific order, of course. Um, one of the first things I'm going to mention here is is when you are starting to do this, Everybody, the first question I always get asked is how, you know, how do I find locations? You know, I live in this area. How do I find locations? All right. The first thing that I ever did was I went on Google and I typed in abandoned Cleveland and enter and lots of stuff came up. Um, you know, go, go, go on that route. Find stuff that's local to you. Um, all the stuff that's going to come up is probably highly trafficked places, but if you're just getting started, a highly trafficked place is probably perfect. Uh, you don't want to start off with a, with a very hard place to get into that might, you know, run you into some trouble. All right, start with someplace that's easy, that's not going to give you any issues. Like in Cleveland, for instance, we have Westinghouse. In Detroit, there's Fisher Body Plant. You know, places like that you can just walk into off the street, get a feel for things, and, and, and see if this is something you want to do. Um... That's my first bit of advice for you guys out there if you're just starting off. You know, find someplace easy and get your feet wet. All right, do not start off with a difficult location. Even if you have a friend that's like, yeah, I got the, I'll, I'll take you there. Start off something easy. Uh, my first place that I ever did uh, was the Warner Swayze factory in Cleveland. And it was this blustery November you know, morning. It, it was threatening to snow. And it was like, it was like going from like, you know, it was a gateway drug into crazy, you know, going into the crazy stuff I go into now. Uh, I can't, I, I'll never forget walking into that place for the first time and being like, wow. And that's where I got a feel for really wanting to do this. So find us someplace that's easy. All right. So my first do here is to stock a full med kit, some kind of first aid. You definitely want to have a first aid kit with peroxide and band-aids and gauze and, you know, whatever else. You can buy them online fairly cheaply. You can buy a full small med kit that you can put in your camera bag or your backpack or whatever. I'm going to tell you right now, guys, and those of you that have been here for a while know you are going to bleed doing this. At some point, you will bleed. Red liquid will come out of your body from scratches, um, cuts. Uh, you'll scratch yourself on something, you know, as you're walking past and you won't even realize it. And you'll have blood running down your arm. Uh, sometimes you'll put your hand on something and not realize there's glass. I, you know, I've, I've, I don't know how many times I've done this. I've cut my hand on glass and there's blood everywhere. And it's a real fine cut, but the blood just keeps on coming. So you want to have something to you know, staunch that. So a med kit is a good thing to have on hand. You never know. You may never need it, but it's better to have it, you know, and, and not need it than to need it and not have it. So definitely a stocked med kit. All right. Um, the next do, please do research a place before you attempt to explore it. All right. Even though you might know where it's at. All right. Exp you know, you, you definitely want to plan. You want to look into where you're doing. You'll look it up online if you can. If you know where it's at, get it on Google, uh, Google Maps. Take a look at the place. You know, read up. See if there's any articles on it. See if there's any information on it that's already out there. You know, uh, and here's the reason why. Because sometimes you will you will think there's a place to go explore and you will drive hours to get there. And when you get there, you will find out that the place has been torn down for three years and it's gone. And all that's there is a big empty field. Um, that is the biggest letdown you will ever have in urban exploration where you think something's there and you're all excited and you pull up and there's nothing. Um, that sucks more than anything else. Uh, you know, if you travel, especially if you travel to get there. You know, if it's in town, not so big of a deal. But if you travel an hour or two to get to this location and it's gone, 
it sucks. So plan ahead. You know, do some research, see if the building's still there for real. And, and as you guys know, Google Maps doesn't always help you on that. Like they're they're behind on their imaging sometimes. Like they may show you a building is there and the building has been gone for several years. So go through local news news, you know, see if there's been any demolition done in the area, see what's you know, see what's going on. Um, we had that happen to us in Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, there was a former pencil factory, the Ticonderoga factory in Sandusky. Uh, it was this amazing old factory standing in Sandusky, Ohio, and we were very excited to go out there. It was a, it was a cold, wet day. We got in the car, and we drove the hour out to Sandusky. And when we got there, we turned the corner, and there's no factory at all. Uh, it was kind of a bummer. You know, we, we came ready to go, and let's explore this place, and yada, 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 and nothing there. So, you know, definitely, definitely plan. Now, when you do that planning and you 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 actually go out, this is this is the next do. All right, do a pre-scout of all the places before you actually go into them. All right, if you can drive around the place, drive around it. Uh, You want to get a feel for what's going on around the building you're going to enter. Are there houses nearby? Are are there businesses nearby? Is there anybody who might see you and or give you trouble? All right, walk the perimeter. You know, look for holes in fences. Look for all the things you're going to need before you actually attempt to go in. You don't want to park and walk a half mile and then have no way to get in. You definitely want to drive around the location, you know, get a feel for it, you know, look around. And I would even do that on Google Google Maps before you even attempt that. You know, look look and see where the fences are, you know, are there railroad lines running along it? Where might you be able to go to get yourself into this place without, you know, any any uh, as I like to say, imperial entanglements, all right? You don't want any entanglements getting into these places, so plan, scout out ahead of time. Definitely scout, all right? Uh, the next do is TP, toilet paper. Make sure you have a roll in your camera bag for obvious reasons, all right? Inevitably, when you go out urbexing, when you go to do some urban exploration or, you know, explore, whatever you want to call it, all right, you know, you're going out to do some photography, you go into an abandoned building, and... You know, even though you were fine when you came in, it's going to happen and you're going to have that urge. And at some point, you it may be so bad you're going to have to, you know, answer the call of nature. Uh, doing that inside of an abandoned building with no toilet paper, it, it, it's shit. Literally shit. Uh, bring toilet paper with you. Uh, it sounds stupid. It sounds goofy. We're all laughing about it, but you want to have it. Many times that has saved my ass quite literally. All right. Make sure you have toilet paper. Okay, Uh, the next one is do be respectful of the homeless people you find in your travels. You will, if you do this enough, you will run into homeless people living in these buildings. And you have to remember they consider these places home. These places are home to them. You are intruding on their privacy, all right? Even though technically it's abandoned, nobody owns it, they're squatting there. They see it as their territory, they see it as their place, they see it as their home. So be respectful, say hello, tell them you're not there to cause any trouble. 99.9% of the time, these people are going to be cool with you. In fact, once they realize you're not there to mess with them, they they may strike up a conversation and tell you all about the building and tell you some cool things to go look for. Uh, Most of, I would say the great huge majority of homeless people are cool. They're chill. They're they're just, they, they, for whatever reason, this is just what they chose to do. Um, Some of them may have mental issues as well. You know, you have to be careful, of course. Don't, you know, don't take anything for granted. But most of them are very, are are fine, and they will not give you any trouble. Uh, We also sometimes take a can or two of canned goods. If we go into a place that may have homeless people, it's a great peace offering. All right? Take some some, some food items. All right? Canned goods, canned chili, canned whatever. Uh, They... They see that as a, as, a, as a huge peace offering. You give them a canned good, they, they will be totally fine with you being there. Um, highly recommend that. All right. Uh, next up, uh, if you're exploring and you're, and, you're, and you're beginning, you're just starting off, do seek to improve your photography. Okay? Don't just do the same things over and over again. If you're like me, when you first started off doing this, you uh, were frustrated because you saw everybody else doing all these amazing things with their cameras and you were like, why can't I make mine look like that? It's frustrating. Uh, as you all know, learning a camera all right, is a very difficult thing. Uh, there's a huge learning curve. It's a pain in the ass. Um, it can be fun, but it can be hugely frustrating where you're just banging your head against the wall. Why can I not make my shot look like this? Um, 
improve it. There's ways to do that. Go online. All right. Any chance you can, use online resources. If you put your camera model in there and, you know, how to do this and you put it in YouTube, I guarantee you, you will find videos that will explain how to use different functions on your camera and they will show you how to do it. And of course, after that, it's up to you to practice. All right. Go out and try it. Uh, go someplace, you know, even in your garage and test out different things uh, with lighting and things to figure out how they work. Um, shooting in the dark is a pain in the ass when you haven't learned how to do it. Uh, using long exposure and light painting and things like that, you will learn how to do that, but it, it's trial and error. It's not going to happen overnight. It, it will be frustrating, but don't be afraid to learn from your mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. It's all right. Make mistakes, okay? But just make sure you learn from those mistakes and don't keep doing the same things over and over again, all right? That's how we get better. So um, I talked about doing an episode on like, like how I, like my process for it, and I might do that down the line, you know, what I do. Everybody's got a different process, you know, and, and you'll learn yours too. But, you know, maybe we'll do an episode on that sometime on, on, on what I go through to, to, to get from point A to point B. But yeah, uh, never stop learning. If you, if, if you think you're an expert at photography and you know everything there is to know, then you're full of shit. You're lying to yourself. Um, it's not going to happen. Even the people that have been doing this for decades still learn stuff and try different things. All right. So that's my big, that's one of my big ones there. One of my big do's. All right. Next up. All right. Do dress for the weather. Okay. If it's 10 degrees outside, don't be wearing shorts and a hoodie. All right. You're going to get yourself frostbite, especially if you're out in a, in a place that uh, is up above, you know, up above everything. Um, we have wind. It's going to suck. All right. Um, you know, bring backup clothes because you never know. Sometimes it's going to be cold, but then it warms up and, you know, you're, you're, you don't want to be walking around in eight layers when it's 60 degrees outside. So, you know, bring backup clothes, bring something just in case, toss some different clothes in your trunk. All right. Uh, also wear clothes that you don't mind ruining. Don't wear something nice when you go exploring. Don't do it. All right. You're going to regret it. Don't wear nice jeans. Don't wear nice shirts. Uh, don't wear nice shoes that you don't want ruined. All right. You're going to be walking through muck and asbestos and, and grime and, and sometimes shit. And who knows what else you're going to be walking through, you know, giant puddles of water that have oil and, and chemicals in them. You don't want anything that's going to, to, you know, you're going to be upset if it gets ruined. All right. I have an old pair of jeans that I wear that have holes in them. Um, I have shitty old shirts that I wear that are that are just, you know, they're, they're gross and, and, and ripped and torn. Wear those because nobody cares if you get those ruined up. Um, you're going to have your clothes ruined by barbed wire and nails and dirt and glass and mud and dust and blood. And um, your, your clothes are going to have a rough time. So, you know, wear something you don't mind ruining. Um, I learned that the hard way the first time out. <laughs> I wore a nice t-shirt that I liked to get. Ah, we're not going to be doing anything crazy. You can walk right into this place. Well, I was wrong, and I ripped one of my favorite t-shirts. So don't you know, don't make that mistake. Um, get yourself a pair of boots, hiking boots, waterproof boots. You will be walking through water and mud and, like I said, just all kinds of sludge and slime and God knows what, especially if you're in an industrial building you wouldn't even believe some of the stuff you walk through. So have yourself a pair of waterproof boots uh, that you can hose off in the garage, that kind of thing. Don't wear sandals. Don't wear you know, like soft tennis shoes. Don't do it. You're going to regret it. All right. Okay, so this next one is a, a big to-do. If you're just getting started, something to really think about as you're going through the motions of, of starting to explore uh, there are going to be places that you go where instantly you you feel uh, just a bad vibe, like something's not right with the place, something's just not kosher. All right, uh, always go with your gut and always listen to that feeling because ninety nine point nine percent of the time that feeling is dead on. Uh, if a place seems off, that's probably because it is. Uh, there could be somebody there watching you. There could be somebody. It could be something bad going on. There could be just who knows. Any number of different things could be going on. The human brain is weird like that. Uh, it's almost like a sixth sense. Like, you know when something's not right. Uh, I've been in many locations like that where you enter and right away you're like, ah, I'm not having it. And you leave. 
uh, even if I'm not feeling it and one of my buddies is feeling it, um, I will go with what they're, you know, wh- whatever they're feeling. And then, then I'm, okay, let's go. We're out of here. We'll come back some other time. Um, you know, always go with your gut. Uh, you know the brain. The brain is always focusing on things, and and like I said, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it, it's always almost dead on. So you know, always go with your gut. If something seems not right, probably because something is is not right. <laughs> there could be cops watching the place. Who knows what? Uh, but but follow your gut. Definitely do that. All right. Uh, another do. All right. Load up on water, Gatorade, and snacks. All right. Shove those in your camera bag. Have something extra to go. Uh, especially this time of year, you will thank me later. Um, I don't know how many times we've gone exploring, and uh, you know you don't realize. You know, you figure, well, we're not we're not really moving around. We're we're just kind of like you know walking around the building and and whatever. You don't realize how much energy your body takes up, especially in the heat. You know when you're walking upstairs and you're going back and forth. Like you you're walking a lot. You're putting in a lot of steps. You don't realize it because you're not feeling it all at once. But your body is sucking up that energy, and uh, especially in the heat. You get dehydrated really quick, and you want that water. Um, take it from me. I have been dehydrated, and I've gotten so cramped up from it that I thought I was going to die. I did a story on that back in the day in St. Louis. We were in St. Louis in the middle of summer, and it was like 95 degrees out and like a 1,000% humidity, and every muscle in my body cramped up. I thought I was getting knifed. It felt like I was getting knifed to death. That's what it felt like. Uh, it took like eight Gatorades to get me even remotely close to something that was, you know, that could walk around and explore again. It was, it was terrible. So, t- you know, take, take, take my word on this. Have water, have Gatorade, you know, be able to replenish your electrolytes, make that happen. Um, you know, having a granola bar on hand is never a bad thing. Sometimes you go all day. If you're in a place where you can't get much food, all right, it's good to have something on hand. Keep your body going. All right, uh, next up, have a flashlight. A flashlight is a must for urban exploration. If you're going to go out and explore, have a flashlight. Make sure the batteries are charged. You know, every time you go out, every time you come in, just put it on the charger and make sure it's good to go. You will need that flashlight, even if it looks like a building that that's, that's lit. You never know what kind of uh, you know basement levels you might get to, or places that are boarded up. You're gonna need that flashlight. Um, I learned the hard way, and again, this was a story that I told a while back. But when I was in Cincinnati, I almost went through the floor because I didn't see the hole that was there. And uh, had I had my flashlight on, I would have seen it. So definitely make sure you have that flashlight going. Uh, the biggest, the biggest thing here, guys, uh, in the do's department is, you know, have some laughs, have a good time, tell some jokes, you're out with your friends, you know, have a good day, enjoy it, all right, explore, you know, soak up the, the history and the, and the, and the vibe of the buildings you're in, make some memories, and of course, stay safe, use common sense, that's the big one, common sense, you know, is this gonna get me killed, hurt, or arrested, think about those things before you do anything, um, you know, just be careful, uh, you never know what might go wrong. Use common sense. All right. Um, so those are my dues. And if you guys have any dues, if you have any dues that I left out, and inevitably somebody's going to, you know, feel free to put them in the comments uh, on Mr. P's uh, Facebook page, Mr. P Explorer's Facebook page. Go over there and share anything that I might have missed. I'm sure there's something that I missed uh, for new people out there. All right. So let's talk about the don'ts. Let's get down on the don't the don'ts here real quick. All right. Um, one of the big things that newbies run into uh, when they join Facebook forums or you know whatever whatever forum it is and they want to start you know posting photos, uh, a lot of times you will see uh, people posting from all kinds of different locations and it's very exciting. Cause you're like, oh man, where's that at? That's really cool. Do yourself a favor. Don't ask where everything is at in the forums. Don't be like, where's that? Where is that? Where is that? That's the one thing that that seasoned people that have been doing this forever don't want to see or hear is where is this um is i know it sounds like it may be like a, like a bad thing but trust me there's reasons for it um you know you uh part of the part of the excitement of exploring is finding locations on your own you know doing the research all right figuring out what's what you know you may get some tips from people you may be able to pull some some things from a picture and figure it out on your own and part of that's the fun of, of exploring um but in forums, you, you you won't get much of an answer. People will not answer you. People will ignore you. Uh, you'll be known as that that guy that asks for locations. People will stay away from you. I trust me, it'll happen. All right, I learned that myself early on. I didn't know any better. Right, I didn't know any. But nobody told me not to do that. And I was like, oh, where's that at? And I was thinking it was a totally innocent question, and uh, that's just the way it is. All right. Now, what I recommend you do in that case is, you know, 
post some photos of your own, you know, comment on people's posts, you know, get to know the people in the forum, you know, just talk shop. And eventually maybe you'll, you'll, you'll get in a conversation in messenger and you'll talk to that person about, you know, just, just shop talk, right? Oh, what kind of camera do you use? Oh, what's your favorite place to go? And, and eventually you'll build a trust with that person and you can say, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll trade you one of my locations. If you see something that you want, I'd love to trade you for that location that you did a couple weeks back. You know, you want to make an exchange nine times out of 10, they will do that. You know, people are cool like that. Like, if they know you're not, you're, you're, your first thing isn't to just get pins from them. You know, people want to have a relationship with you, not just be someplace you can steal pins from. All right? And, and there have been a lot of people out there who think that, that everybody should just hand them pins. Like, this is just, you know, just give me, give me what I want or I'm going to get mad and throw a fit. There have been people that have threatened other people because they wouldn't give them pins. All right, there's a way to do it. All right, you got you to gotta work at it. You gotta, it's like anything else. You got to build that trust. You got to build a relationship. Make it happen. All right, it may take you a little time, but in the end, it's worth it. And in the end, you have somebody you can talk to about urban exploration that you didn't know before, someone from a different city. So you might actually meet up with that person and explore someday. And it, it builds your network. All right, um, so don't do that. Don't just be like, where is this? And, and, and demand, demand to have something and then get mad on the forum when someone doesn't give it to you. All right, because that's the that's a, that's the best way to get to get, you know, kind of blacklisted from anybody talking to you. It'll happen. Don't don't do that. My other don't here is uh, you know when you're first starting to post your photos onto a forum, don't post all 850 photos that you took from that trip. Don't do that. I know you want to, but trust me, the average attention span of most people on a forum is like 12. 12 pictures. You know, past 12 pictures, they will move on. So, you know, post your photos in sets of 12. If you've got a big a big spread of stuff that you want to share, that's fine, but break it up, right? Share, you know, the first 12, and then maybe a couple days later, share the next 12. And, and, and do it that way, you'll get a lot more responses that way. People won't just pass your stuff. As soon as they see, you know, 800 plus 850 pictures, they're going to pass it by. Trust me on this. Um, I, I learned that the hard way myself early on. I would post. I was, I was so excited. I was like, oh, I took all these cool photos. I want to share them with everybody. And uh, I, there was a guy that said it me straight. He was like, look, dude, no one's going to look at 800 pictures. All right. Right now, it just seems like you're, you're, you're you know, from the outside, it looks like you're just, you know, you're being arrogant and just putting all your photos out there. I'm like, oh, okay. And it made sense, right? Uh, you know, attention span wise, I teach, I should know this, right? Most people don't have an attention span past 12 minutes. So you need to keep it short and sweet and move on. So that's my recommendation. I mean, you can do it if you want, but trust me, you'll get more response if you put just a small amount of photos as opposed to 100 or so, <laughs> okay? That's my recommendation there. The next big don't. Do not, under any circumstances, run from the cops. Okay, do not do that. Um, it's one thing if they don't see you and you're hiding from them in the building and you're hiding somewhere. Okay, maybe, you know, they don't see you, you don't, they, you, you see them, you can avoid being seen, all right? But if they catch you and they're, they, they, they ask you to, to, to halt, you, know, you stop where you're at. Do not run from the cops because if you piss them off, it will make your situation so much worse, so much worse than it needs to be. Here's the thing to understand about cops. Most cops are there because somebody called them in. All right, they don't want to be there. They have better things to do than investigate your ass in an abandoned building. Trust me, they have far better things to do. All right, most of them are cranky by the time they get there because it's like, God damn it, now I got to drive out to this factory and find out what's going on. They have better things to do. All right, my recommendation, and this has worked for me because it's, it's happened before, is you just you, you stop, you turn around, you walk slowly towards them, you, you have your camera out, you, you have your hands out where they can see them. And you, you know, you just, you apologize. You're like, look, I didn't realize I couldn't be here. I didn't know. Play dumb. You can play dumb a little bit, right? I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be here. I didn't realize. Um, that's not going to work if there's signs up that say no trespassing. But if there's none, you can play that card. I didn't, I didn't realize I wasn't allowed to be here. Look, I, we'll take our stuff and go. We'll, we'll leave. We won't give you any trouble. We know you guys have lots to do. We don't want to have to, you know, make you do extra work. We'll, 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 we'll take our stuff and go. And we won't come back. You know, nine times, I keep saying nine times out of 10, but it's, that's kind of the truth. All right. You know, 90% of the time, these guys are going to hear that and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to relax right away. If you, if you talk to them respectfully, you know, say officer, sir, no, sir. Yes, sir. They are going to realize that you are not there to cause trouble. They see your camera. They, they see you, they hear you respectfully talking to them. You're not causing them trouble. You're not shit talking them. There's a pretty good chance they're going to let you go. Um, 
you know, at the very least, you might get a ticket, but you're not going to get. I guarantee you, as soon as you, as soon as you start mouthing off, they're gonna they're gonna give you trouble, and you might get taken in, and you may sit your ass in a cell for a while. You don't want that, <laughs> okay? Um, so play it cool. All right. Uh, again, I've had that happen before. We were exploring a steel mill in West Virginia, and you know we came out of a building, and there's the sheriff and his deputy with a dog, and it's like, well, yeah, we're not running from this. And we walked up to them, and they wound up being the nicest guys. They were very cool. Uh, as soon as they realized we weren't there to scrap or vandalize or whatever kids might do, they they were cool. They let us go. So I can't say it's going to happen every time. But your chances are much higher if you just, you know, chill out, play dumb, apologize profusely. Uh, a lot of times it'll be like, get out, get out of here, go on, take your stuff and go, and, uh, and that'll be that'll be it. So that's my big don't, don't, don't run from the cops, don't, don't shit talk the cops. That's a bad idea. All right. Uh, next up on the don't list, and this is a big one for me. This drives me nuts. All right. Don't break shit. Don't be edgy. Don't go into buildings thinking, I'm going to get my TikTok video likes out of this. I'm going to smash shit, breaking windows and, and, and damaging stuff. All right? Now, we've all done stupid crap in our life. We've all done stupid things we regret. It happens. Uh, but the idea is to not make a standing habit of it. Okay? When you're exploring, you're there to explore. Exploring means looking at things, you know, investigating things. You're not there to destroy things. You're not there to throw a, uh, a vending machine into a hotel pool. All right, that's not why you're there. If you're there to do that kind of shit, you're not there to explore. You're there to vandalize. You're there to be an asshole. All right? Um, you know, explore in a way that it's, where it seems like you were never there. All right? You guys have probably all heard the whole thing, right? Uh, take nothing but pictures, leave nothing but footprints. That's the idea. You don't want people, you know here's the thing. If, if, if building owners come by and they see things are damaged, right? Uh, security comes by and sees all kinds of stuff ripped apart and windows broken. Um, that's, that's a sure way to get a building locked up and then nobody's going to enjoy it. All right. You know, if, if they come by and they don't see anything different than the last time they came by, then everything's kosher and the building stays open. Um, so many buildings have been ruined that way because people had to be assholes. They had to vandalize. They had to break something. They had to smash something. They had to be loud and obnoxious. Uh, you know, don't don't do that. Don't do it. You know, as a, as a, as an old hand at this to to the new folks. All right, just don't. All right, your TikTok ain't worth it. Trust me. You know, it's a it's a fifteen minutes of fame uh, that ruins it up for everybody. So don't do that. Don't do it at all. All right. Um, also, don't steal anything. <laughs> That's another thing. Do not steal things out of the building. Uh, first of all, if you get caught with that stuff, you're, you're going to get charged. They're going to charge you. Um, you know, if you've got all this stuff, you're coming out of a building and they catch you, you're going to get you're going to get busted for that. Uh, second of all, you're taking things out of the building that other explorers, you know, you, you got to see that, you know, let other explorers see it, too. All right. There are some there are some circumstances where maybe that changes. Let's say a building's getting demo, you know, demolished, and uh, you know they're doing asbestos abatement and their stuff that they're just going to throw in a dumpster. Okay, that's different. All right. I know we rescued a couple amazing aluminum signs that were in a factory in Cleveland, the old GE factory in Cleveland. They're tearing it down right now. They were ripping everything down and just tossing it into dumpsters. We were there on a Sunday, and they had these amazing signs on the wall from like the 50s. You know, you know, walk, don't run, think, safety, you know, those kind of things. And we had to take those. We couldn't let those get thrown into a dumpster and scrapped. So a couple of those we took. All right. But you know, had the building been there otherwise, I would have left them. You know, but there's circumstances in where you, you, you might take some things because you know they're going to get wrecked or destroyed. But, uh, you know, in most cases, you leave stuff alone. Leave it there. You don't need it, right? Leave it there for the next person, all right? Uh, another one that's big, do not bring little kids into buildings with you. Do not. All right, it's one thing if you've got a, you know, 13, 14-year-old kid. That's, that's one thing. But if you're bringing, like, a 5-year-old into an abandoned building, that's a recipe for disaster, that's a recipe for bad things to happen, all right? You don't want that to happen. First of all, uh, it's dangerous. There's all kinds of stuff they might get injured on, cut on. You know, a little kid doesn't handle a cut like an adult would. Um, you don't want that happening to some poor little kid, you know, your, your, your son or daughter or whoever it is. You don't want them getting cut or injured or stepping on a nail or anything like that. You don't. Second of all, you don't know who's in that building. <laughs> there could be somebody very dangerous in that building. It's one thing to run into them as an adult and handle it like an adult. It's another thing to try to urge a small child to run as fast as they can through a building 
while a crackhead is chasing you. Okay, you can't. It's not going to happen. Um, that's that's you're putting your kid into danger. Don't don't bring your kids with you. Don't bring your little kids with you. Please, for the love of God, don't bring your kids with you. I've seen that many times where the parents are like, well, you know, no problem. You know, uh, this way I can kill two birds with one stone. I'm babysitting my kid and I'm getting some exploring in. Gonna get your kid hurt. All right, don't do that. Like, uh, it's up to you as a parent, but as a parent myself, I would never have brought my small child into a building uh, until they were at least in, in, in junior high, perhaps. Uh, and even then, maybe not. High school, maybe. You know, but that's just, that's, just, that's just my take on it. You may have different thoughts on it. I don't know. All right. Um, another big one. All right. Don't park right next to the location you are trying to explore unless absolutely necessary. All right. Parking matters. Where you park matters. If you park right next to the place you're exploring and there are other options where you could walk a little bit, all right, there's no way people aren't going to notice that you're there for some reason. Nobody parks there unless they're going into that building. All right, if you park next to the open door on a building, people will notice. All right, the cops may roll by and be like, oh, what's this car doing here? They don't look like they belong here. All right, find a place, you know, on a, a street, down the street somewhere, in front of a house somewhere, walk the extra couple hundred yards if you have to, whatever it is, blend in. All right, find a place to blend in and then walk it in. Don't park your car in front of the building. That's a surefire way to get your ass nailed by the cops. Don't do it. All right, or whoever. You don't know. Someone might see your car there and be like, oh, let's go mess with these people. You don't know. Um, I, I, if you're familiar with Fisher Body Plant in Detroit, you know there's a side door uh, where everybody used to go in that was like the one way in, and people would park there, and the cops would just roll up and just sit there and pick people off one by one. Up, oh, you're come with me, come with me, come with me. Tickets, tickets, tickets. Um, and they would never have known you were in there had you not parked in front of the building. <laughs> so, you know, that's what I recommend. All right, parking matters. Now, in a rural situation, it gets a little harder. Um, there are some situations where you have no choice but to park, you know, next to a place because there's nowhere else to be, and you kind of run the risk. It's just the risk you take. You don't know. All right. Um, don't try to explore a high-profile place in the middle of the afternoon on a weekday. I know you may not have, you know, the weekends. Maybe that's the only day you have. But certain high-profile places you do not want to attempt while everybody's out and about. Everybody's out working. Everybody's around town. Uh, there's people out in the streets. There's you, you, you're gonna get seen, all right. Uh, if you can plan for an early entrance on a weekend, okay. Go early in the morning. Wake up early. I know it sucks. <laughs> I've done it many times. Wake up. You know, meet your partner. Drive in there. Park someplace when it's even if it's still dark out. We've done that many times where we parked. It's still dark. We go inside the building. We wait for the light to, to happen. That way nobody sees us. All right. Um, Sundays are always best because everybody sleeps in on Sundays most of the time. Uh, you know, winter time is even better if you can because nobody's out. All right. You got those high profile places you got to plan for because uh, it's a little more risky. All right. Uh, nighttime explorers, I would definitely stay away from unless you're, you know, maybe higher level at this. Uh, you, your flashlight will be seen. All right. Now, if you've been doing this a while, you know how to handle that. You know, you know how to, to, to not shine your flashlights, you know, someplace where someone might see it. But, uh, if you're just starting this off, I would highly recommend holding off on nighttime explorers until you've been doing this a while. All right. Uh, don't stray too far from your partner or your group. And that kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the kids. You don't know who's going to be in this building. You don't know what's going to happen in this building. If your your group stays together, that makes sure that uh, you know everybody knows what's going on. And if someone gets hurt, you can all help that person. Uh, if there's somebody that's in the building that's going to cause you trouble, everybody knows about it. You can all get out. Um, you know that's the thing. Don't stray too far from each other. Uh, keep tabs on your partners. All right, make sure they're around. All right, have some kind of sound you make so they know that you're around. Whatever it is. All right. Um, try not to explore in a group any larger than four people. All right. Now, your opinion might differ on this. I know some of us have gone out with more than that, and it just sometimes happens that way. But uh, the more people you have in your exploration party, the more it attracts attention. All right. If somebody sees a group of 10 people walking down the sidewalk in the morning, heading towards that abandoned school, they know something's up. All right. If there's two or three of you, eh, they're out for a walk. 
10 people, eh, there's something going down. I'm going to call the cops. So more than, more than four tends to attract attention. Just something to think about. I'm not saying you can't. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but in my in my recommendation, I would say no more than four if you can, or have four people go in and then you know have another four go in after. What what you know stagger it a little bit, something like that. All right. Uh, next up, now this one's a, a bone of contention with some people out there, and everybody's got a different take on this. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of tell you what I think on this this one. All right. Even though it's tempting when you go exploring. Uh, and you want to share the history of a place, or you know, you want to share where you've been. Don't post the name of the place or the locations, or uh, you know, easily and identify. Uh, you know, something you can identify easy uh, places online because um, people will know where you've been. Now you're thinking, well, I, I want people to know where I've been. Well, yes and no. Like you want to share, you know, the building. And I, I get that. I totally understand. I, I was that that newbie once that wanted to show everything that I explored. Um, the problem is there are people watching Facebook pages that aren't explorers. There are people from local police departments. There are security people. There are all kinds of people who follow these sites that look for specific shots of places they, they watch. If they see the outside of their business, they, they, they know you've been there and they can, they can nail you on that. There's, there's, there's legal possibilities there. All right. Uh, it also helps the place from being sealed or vandalized. All right. If everybody goes to this place, and which inevitably happens when you post a place and people haven't been there and they know where it's at, the the the, the great uh, you know exodus begins and everybody goes. That next weekend, the whole town, every explorer in the city will go to that place, and that that brings attraction. You know, that brings the cops. So, you know. Last but not least, this is a big one. Um, I, I've talked about this before on on the on the podcast here. Don't bring drama to the scene. All right, if you're new, don't be don't be an asshole. Is what I'm getting at. It, it, I, I keep it simple. Don't be an asshole. All right, be positive. Be a positive person in the community. Uh, encourage others in their work. All right, don't be a part of the problem. Don't be that asshole that 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 demands things from people and 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 gets in other people's shit and starts rumors and starts problems. Don't be that person. We got too many of those in the community. All right, too many of those that cause trouble for everybody. Um, they have ruined friendships that that didn't need to be ruined. You know, all kinds of things like that. Don't be that person. All right, be positive. Be part of the the solution, not part of the problem. All right, there are those out there who live to be the problem. All right, don't give them fuel. Don't give them energy. Avoid them. Let them be assholes off on their own. All right, but don't don't fuel into that. You know, you'll get a feel for that of who those people are. You'll know uh, they out themselves pretty quickly. So that kind of thing. All right. So those are some do's and don'ts. I'm sure I forgot some stuff, guys. I'm sure there's some things I forgot. Uh, and, and if you want to add to that list of things, by all means, head over to Mr. P Explorers uh, and in the. Uh, in the in the forum beneath here, you know, you know, add, add add your thoughts in. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Everybody's got a different take on some on, on how to explore. So, uh, my my way is not the way. All right, um, I'd love to hear what you have to say. All right. Okay, uh, on that note, I got one quick little story to tell you guys, uh, and it has to do with a natural disaster. All right, now automatically you're thinking, oh, what's like a hurricane? You know, what, what are we talking about? You know, Hurricane Katrina down in New Orleans, or you know, Florida, or uh, you know, tornadoes in the Midwest. Oh no, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a flood, and this specific flood happened on June 25th of 2021. And where did this flood happen? It didn't happen in a place where you'd expect a flood to happen. It happened in the middle of Detroit, smack dab in the Rust Belt. All right, Detroit got flooded. <laughs> now, let me back up a little bit and tell you the story here. All right, uh, I, uh, you know, as as I as I always do, uh, I usually will go up to Detroit to to hang with some people on on a Friday night. I'll usually go up and get a hotel room, and uh, you know, I'll leave from school or whatever, and I'll drive up and, and spend time. Now, this this particular night, it was a Friday night. Um, I uh, I was you know I was dicking around so I left my house here in Cleveland a little later than I normally would, all right. And by the time I left, it was like eight thirty at night. So that meant I was going to get to Detroit around eleven o'clock at night. So you know I was driving on the Ohio Turnpike. Things were wonderful. Things were great. Uh, I took a right turn at Toledo and cruised on up seventy five. And things were awesome until uh, north of Toledo. I started noticing lightning, lots of it, in the distance. I'm like oh shit, it's storming. All right, I didn't know it was supposed to rain. Didn't know it was supposed to storm. 
uh, you know, it was coming in from the from the west, moving east. And the closer I got to Detroit, the closer it was coming. All right. Now, it was bone dry the entire drive. Uh, if you're familiar with Detroit, uh, as you as you approach Detroit from the south, as you're coming up I-75, you go over this big bridge over the River Rouge. All right. There's an area to your right, right along the Detroit River, called Zug Island, which is basically this black Mordor, you know, where all the industry is at. If you look at if you look at Zug Island on a on a map on Google Maps, it looks like this giant like like a bomb hit. It's black. Everything's black. The ground is black. It's where all these steel mills and stuff are. You know, as you're coming over the bridge, you can see Zug Island to your right. Right as I hit that bridge, a rainstorm of biblical proportions hit. I mean, and I'd never, I, I've seen some crazy rain before, but this rain was insane. Like it was going sideways. Like my car was like swerving on this bridge. It hit like that. Just just split second. And it poured. Thunderstorm, you know, just just this, this apocalyptic thunderstorm came through. And, uh, if you've ever driven on a highway anywhere, you know you know that, that 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 trucks tend not to even bother like caring if it's raining or not. They'll still keep going 90 miles an hour. So you know the 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 rest of the trip through Detroit to my hotel was insane. These trucks were driving. You know, there's spray going everywhere. You couldn't see. I was doing 20 miles an hour on I-75 uh, with the blinkers on. You know, uh, it was just it was it was bad. Um, you know, it took me an extra probably half hour to get through downtown Detroit to the north side to where my hotel was. But I got there safe and sound. Things were okay. Um, the next morning I wake up and I turn on the news. And to my horror and, uh, and to my just bewilderment, the entire city of Detroit was basically underwater. It had flooded from that downpour. Uh, all of the highways I had just driven... Uh, probably like an, maybe a half hour after I had passed through, every highway, every major highway through the city of Detroit was flooded up to the barrier walls. The, the barrier walls in the middle, the median wall, like we're talking five feet of water here, right? Wherever the, wherever the highways went down into a depression was flooded. Now, people driving didn't know what they were getting into. This water flooded quickly. It, it just filled up quickly. There was nowhere for the water to go, so it went into these, these, these freeway depressions. People drove right into this water and stalled out, and were just the water just flooded up around their cars. They had nowhere to go. So hundreds of people were stuck in this water. Dozens of people were on top of their cars with no way to get out. Right, the water comes up and it floods. It floods your engine. You can't start the engine anymore. You can't get. You know, you, you can't. There's nowhere to go. So these people were on top of their. Um, you know, as I watched the news that morning, it showed, you know, it showed the highways. They were completely flooded, completely, with people, you know, being rescued by boat. They had rubber, uh, you know, rescue boats that they were taking on the highways. People had kayaks, and they were riding down I-94 and uh, I-75 in Detroit in kayaks. All right, and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God. See, what had happened, uh, with a city like Detroit, where most of the neighborhoods, you know, have been decrepit for a long time and they haven't you know the municipal money hasn't been there to clean out the sewers a lot of these sewers could not handle that kind of water and all that water had to go somewhere couldn't flow through the sewers like it normally would so it backed up into any low point it could find the highways were that low point so that whole weekend the entire city was flooded whole neighborhoods were flooded you know, we're driving along, and we're going to do some exploring, and like everywhere we went, we couldn't, you know, wherever wherever uh, Google Maps said to go, we couldn't go. You just couldn't do it. There was nowhere to go. You drive down streets, and like entire neighborhoods were under like two feet of water. You just couldn't make it, and you didn't dare try to drive. We, we had a four-wheel drive vehicle, but we weren't even going to attempt that because a lot of times what happens is people will, oh, I got, this isn't that deep, and they wind up in like four feet of water, and their car, you know, they're done. Now, what was surreal about this was all of these cars that had been stuck down on the highway were, were basically underwater. All you saw were the rooftops, all right? These people had to leave their cars and escape and go, you know, a, a pub crowd. So I, I'm imagining the, the insurance mayhem was just nuts from all of that. But these people, I don't think there was anybody that got killed from this. I don't think anybody died, thankfully. But a lot of cars were, were rendered useless by this flood. Uh, and I had just missed it by a half hour. Had I been, had I come through a half hour later, I would have been in the middle of all that. You know, it would have been me. So it was very crazy. 
But, you know, the next day, you know, we were finding cars in all kinds of weird places. Like, the cars had floated. A lot of these cars had actually floated. The, the water had picked them up off the streets and had moved them. And as the water started to recede, you found cars on, you know, stuck up on fences and stuck up in people's yards and, like, on bushes. And it just anywhere you could imagine cars, they just floated, you know, wherever the, wherever the, wherever the wind took them. Um, everywhere. And uh, for two days... You couldn't drive on the highways. You had to go all the way around Detroit. You could not, you could not drive the highways. Uh, it took them that long to pump everything out. Uh, it was nuts. Uh, I'll never forget. There was one. We were driving down one of the back streets. I forget where it was at. It was. I want to say it was, you know, on the on the kind of north northeast side of town towards Gross Point. You know, the, the, that neighborhood uh, off of Jefferson. If you're familiar with Detroit, right nearby the river there, there was a, a bunch of side streets, and uh, somebody had either probably hydroplaned or something and hit, they actually ran into a fire, fire hydrant, right? So not only was it already flooding, but the fire hydrant then exploded and the water started going everywhere. And when we got there that, that morning, the water was still gushing out from the water pipes. So it made this area even more flooded. Now, the guy that crashed into, his, into the fire hydrant was like, well, I ain't got the money to handle this. So he took his plates off of his car and uh, from what we could tell, he took the little VIN number tag off of his car somehow, and he just left his car there and just abandoned it. He didn't want to deal with it. And that car was smashed into this fire hydrant. You know, and I have pictures of it somewhere. I have video of it. It was surreal. There was just water gushing everywhere, and just the whole neighborhood was flooded. Um, now, I mean, was it as apocalyptic as something like, say, New Orleans went through? No. Uh, but it was still pretty rough. A lot of people's basements were flooded, people that couldn't afford to get that cleaned out. I don't you know. You had all these houses. We drove down some of these streets, and there were people just sitting on their porches like, well, we can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. So they, they sat on their porch and you know, smoked cigarettes, drank beer, and uh, just watched the, watched the water recede. Um, it was really crazy. Um, you know, going exploring in, in that kind of situation, uh, you know, and the further away you went from Detroit, the less water there was. So we could do some things in the outskirts, but the city itself was just nuts for two days. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. Now, they, they again had another flood in August, like it, it kind of like part two happened in August, but I don't think it's happened since. Um, if you're a Detroiter, you know, I would love to hear your story about it. So like if, if, if you want to share, uh, um, you know, on the Facebook page, by all means, share your tale about the, the great flood of, of 2021, because uh, I'd love to hear it. Uh, but but as, as with all things, Detroit is a very tough place. They rode it out. They rode out the storm, so to speak, and came out the other side, and things are relatively back to normal after all that. So, you know, that just tells you how Detroit is. They, uh, they get the job done and come back swinging. So that's how that goes. But anyway, that's all I got for today, guys. Uh, I hope you got something out of this episode, even if you've been doing this a while. Uh, feel free to to deliver your, your, your commentary on it over at Mr. P Explorers. Um, come by and see us at, uh, at the Instagram page. or I'm now on Threads as well. You can link up with me at Threads if you want. God help me. All right, uh, I'm on Vero. I'm on all those different places. Drop by, say hello. It's always good to hear from you guys. All right, have a great weekend. Enjoy some time out, and we will talk to you guys in the next one. Have a great weekend. This is Mr. P signing off. <laughs>